0: new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Small win, small win, small win. Keep your momentum going.
1: The Success 101 Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. And each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Welcome back, everybody, to live episode number 40 of the Success 101 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Warren, here with Emilio Polifox, and we are so excited you're joining us here today for an awesome episode. I want to ask you guys, if you're enjoying the Success 101 podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Leave whatever star review you want to, but if you're enjoying the show, that's what lets Apple know how to feature us in certain rankings and in charts. And really, our goal is to get this peak performance episode message out to more and more people. So thank you again for joining us here today. The podcast is now being downloaded in more than 130 countries. So the consistency is there. The message is there. You guys are downloading it. So keep commenting, keep letting us know how this podcast is changing your life and impacting your life. Let's dive on into the show. Emilio, what is going on, man? I'm so thrilled to be back here with you this week.
1: Likewise, man, I'm just feeling energized and present right now, man. I love being on the show with you and I'm glad that our listeners have been you know, responding back with with great comments and likes that uh, you know, we've been putting out some good stuff. So just excited, excited to be here. You know, one of the things I wanted to bring to the listeners today, Jared, is, and I think you have this as well, is the Bulletproof biohacking box that comes every quarter. I believe you have that every quarter. Is that right?
0: Yep, absolutely. I just uh, started on it. I've got like my second or third box now.
1: Yeah, I got lucky when I was at the, I think, I don't know if it was a 2014 or 2015 uh, biohacking conference. Which, by the way, I don't know if you remember or not, but that is where we
0: first laid eyes on
1: each other. Was it the
0: Bulletproof? biohacking conference out there last year, the fourth one out in Pasadena, which was an absolute blast, which was awesome. We were connected previously through our buddy Gabe Canales, and I'd seen a couple of biohacking things I'd thrown out there, and he had linked you up on it. So I was like, man, I guess this guy Emilio, looks like he owns a cross coaching business. I don't know, but I wasn't even really as into it then as I am now. And uh, so I'd seen kind of your picture. I'd seen you comment on a couple of things. And then before I knew it, it's like, boom, there, there you are right there in front of me. So uh, that was an awesome uh, time. Little did we know that we would be doing a podcast about, you know, a year later, here we are.
1: You know, seriously. And it's actually one year. I don't know if you got this on your Facebook thing, but I got a reminder, you know, like the Facebook memories. And it was one year ago today, because the Bulletproof conference is actually a little later than it was last year. Yep. It said one year today. And it's, it's me holding that thing you're talking about. That was actually a a type of PEMF uh, device as well. And I remember you coming by and just saying, Hey man, I, you know, uh, we're mutual friends with Gabe and we had a little quick conversation. That was that. And then next thing you know, here we are, man. It's it's <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, but that's how some of the greatest things come about, man, right? You're present at the present moment and you're connected and, and you're just, you know, I'm not up in my head where I need to do this. It's like, hey, you came by. We had a great conversation. And next thing you know, the world worked the way that it needed to, to where, hey, you gave me a call and, you know, one podcast to the next. And I love the way life happens like that.
0: Yeah. And it's so amazing. You know, sometimes I go to things and I'm thinking, man, I don't have time to go to this. I'm, I'm busy, you know, whatever. But I go because I feel like I need to for my business or for my you know, obligations or just, just to do what I said I was going to do. Hey, I'm saying I'm going to be somewhere. I need to be somewhere. And I've started learning how to be more present in those moments instead of just winging it like I did so many times when I was younger, because you never know. And that situation that I had with you turning into a podcast now that we do regularly because you've got great insight, but we mm-hmm. both had things we want to put out there and share with the world. Mm-hmm. Little did we know that we were going to meet each other there, whatever. But there's so many things I go to nowadays where I'm like, I don't know who around me might end up being the next great relationship I have. And you can't go into it seeking that or it comes through as not genuine. You almost have to go and just say, I'm going to be present in this moment. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do what I need to do. But I'm always going to be on the lookout in the back of my mind and my subconscious. There may be great relationships I meet here that who knows what they turn into in the future. And that's happened many times with me throughout my life. And I've started to come become more aware of it, become more present. And it just makes interactions more meaningful.
1: Absolutely, man. There's one thing that I got from Rich Litvin, who's uh, an amazing coach out there. And one of the things he told me when I went to his Rich Litvin intensive uh, last year was, and I think I mentioned this in prior uh, podcasts, but it's you never know when you're going to have the most important conversation in the history of the world, you know, what take place. And, you know, it, it, it could be the guy right next to you in the airplane. It could be the person right next to you in the yoga class working out at the networking event, like you're saying, or, or just anywhere. And so I, I I too try to be as present as I want. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I have an agenda and I'm going to go to this coffee shop and I'm going to just, I got so many emails to send out, so many texts, so many calls to do, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden life hits where like, I'm getting this distraction and this distraction. And instead of saying, oh, and trying to keep going back, I'm like, hey, maybe I need to be welcoming these distractions, right? Like, okay, well, th- this came up. Um, And I'm trying to push this person away because, hey, you know, this he or she is getting in the way of my agenda, whereas that person might be the person I really need to talk to or his or her brother-in-law or cousin. That is exactly who the person I need to contact for my business or for my relationship or what have you. And so, you know, needless to say, I love when I get interruptions or I love when things don't go the right way because then it's like, what's here?
0: Yeah. And, you know, my my lesson on that, I think I'd mentioned to you guys last time, is just learning how to be more present. And I want to make sure that we, we bring this out to the listeners. I had a uh, business meeting with someone the other day who was observing. I'll spare you guys all the details, but I'll get to the point here. I had a business meeting with someone who was, who has cautioned me in my life before about not being present. And I never really knew what he was talking about, what he meant, but he was describing someone else. He said, Jared, you've worked on that so much. And I can tell in our interactions now that you are Way more present. You'll know, get always work on it more, but you're way more present. You're way more engaged. Your relationships, your conversations are more meaningful. I really took a lot away from that. But he was describing someone else, and said I was fearful for a while that you were going down the path of this other individual that we both know. And he said, you know how I experience him every time I'm with him. It's just this, 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 boom, 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 and he's kind of throwing his hands on the air, and he's like, all oh, right, I got this thing in. I got to move on to this. I got to go grab a smoothie. I got to go hit a workout. You sit here and eat a sandwich, and then I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. do this other thing, and then we're going to. And he's like. I just want to ask, like, do you ever stop and just live life? Because every time I'm around this individual, he said, mm-hmm. it's just chaotic. And he, and he said, I think people, I think he believes people and himself that get a lot of energy off of that. And that's true to some extent. But when it's ongoing, it never shuts off when you're never present you look up and go, man, I'm either, I've either been burning at all ends. I'm not, I'm not who I need to be. I'm burnt out, Or I just haven't really been present. I haven't been investing in this life. And so, but I just think that's great as I'm learning to be more present. And I think I'd mentioned this last week, but some of the millionaires, the billionaires, people that are doing things on incredible levels out there that we're just like, man, how in the world do they do How are they keeping up with everything that they need to do? They've got staff, they've got help around them, but there's a lot of stuff they're doing too, because they are present they are engaged, they are noticing things around them. And that multiplies time many times with
1: people out there. Yeah. I I don't think you can really cover present enough. You know, people always talk about present, be present. And it's like, well, what does that really mean? Well, I think I've talked about it maybe in the very beginning when we started, it's like, you know, we live in our heads. That's the number one human impediment. We're either, you know, our stories are running us because we're stuck in the past or we're in the future, hoping, wishing, praying, or maybe even afraid of what may come next. But all we ever have is this very present moment. And, you know, when you talk about executives, I have, you know, that's one of the main, some of my main my main clients in my coaching business, and I'll do it very experientially instead of just talking about it. And so one of the things that I've done, and I do this quite often, whether it's with this exercise I'm about to let you know or, or another, but like right when we go in and if I know them that that's how they are normally, um, whether they see it or not, and if they're not just present in the moment, whether it's in the beginning of the session, during or after, I will stop. And I'll say, let's pause. And I'll actually get my phone out, set a timer for five to 10 minutes, depending on the present moment and depending on the person and what I intuitively think would be best for this situation. And I'll say right now, and I get really close to them, kind of almost invading their personal space. And I say, I want us to not say anything for the next five minutes or the next 10 minutes. Sometimes I'll say 10 minutes and I'll set the timer and I'll tell them, I don't want us to speak. I just want us to stare at each other, like in the eye. And I'll say, Look at my left eye. I'm going to look at your left eye because that's the most receiving eye and press start. And there we are. And And I'll tell them beforehand, I'll say, I want you to be mindful. Like, watch yourself. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What kind of emotions are coming up? And just be mindful, okay? Be the witness of yourself. Go. And next thing you know, it literally 10 minutes are clicking by and we are just staring at each other at each of our left eyes and I've done this numerous times, but people who don't normally do this get really uncomfortable. There's, you know, they're looking away. Or, yeah, I was going to say, let me, let me yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that not awkward? Is it, I
0: mean, I would think, first of all, time would take forever to go by, but then also it might be a little awkward, you know, for some people out there.
1: Yeah, and so for me, of course, when I, used to, when I did this in various intensives and deep inner work, it, yeah, it's extremely uncomfortable. And of course, at times that'll, that'll come up, but it's like, this is when you actually see the person. This is when you actually see through them. If you allow that to happen, and of course, as the person that I am, I always try to send some love, compassion or whatever through my heart coherence, through, through the signals, through the senses. And I think they can feel that because they've, they've commented about it afterwards. But anyway, to conclude what I'm trying to, to point out here is, you know, let's say that 10 minutes pass by, various people will give me different comments. But one of the most recent ones, I said, well, what, what was going on? And he said that he was planning his entire day. While we were right in front of each other, Staring at each other, wanting to be present with each other. I didn't tell him what the purpose of the thing was. I just wanted to do it to kind of provide a point to this to this man. And so, of course, he said, "Yeah, I was. I was thinking about you know yesterday, and I was thinking about what I needed to plan for the day and just you know doing that." He was up in his head, and I said, "There you go." And I said, uh, "I said how you do one thing is how you do everything." And I said, "How is that showing up in your life?" Mm, yeah, that's that's good. It was like bingo. He's like he felt it for himself that even right here in front of us, as we were staring at each other, inches away, two feet away, whatever it was he was not present. He was not here. He was in his head somewhere else. And I said, how is that affecting your business, your relationship? And of course it was just like Eureka. And when, and when they have, when they have that insight, I don't say anything. I allow them to kind of have that change their world. So he sat there for about like four or five minutes, not four or five minutes, probably around one to two minutes, really like thinking like, holy, you know, but, um, just to conclude it, cause I know we can go on and on, but but it's like, we, we are wired that way. And it's like, yeah, presence is important. Yeah,
0: absolutely, man. And and uh, you just made a profound statement there. It's the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I think it's how you said it. And I think I've heard that before, just kind of back in the distance of my mind. I, you said that and it's like, it's not the first time I've heard that, but what a great reminder. And I guess people could try to give some pushback on that or whatever and say, well, there's multifacets to my life and I do different things. But really the way we operate many times, the way we do one thing is the way you can see patterns in lots of other parts of our lives. Mm -hmm. So that's all helpful. And and I love that, man. I I never know exactly what we're going to talk through on the podcast. I've got a general idea, and you've got a general idea of what you want to bring that's impacting us. And, you know, the two people that love this stuff that are coming together just talk about a lot of different things. And I know it's helpful for the listeners as well. But a lot of that, as you mentioned, is in your head. And speaking of being in your head, my topic this week is going to be on fasting. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to talk about being in your head, I don't know lack of food, maybe lack of oxygen, like we've talked about breathing and stuff lately. Lack of oxygen, I don't even know if you have time to get in your head because you—you know you wouldn't survive very long without it. You can go quite a while without food. And so what I did, for many of you out there who follow me, you know that I did a seven-day water fast. And when you say that, like I said that, and some people are like, so you're going to fast from water for seven days after you just did this whole like water drinking challenge? I'm like, no, it's a seven-day water only <laughs> fast, I guess I should say but I wanted to bring some awareness to the listeners today about the fast or about fasting in general. And primarily I'm gonna speak not about my seven day fast. I'll, I'll mention that a little bit, but mainly about intermittent fasting, because I understand and I get it. There's not gonna be a lot of people who hear this message and just say, you know what, tomorrow I'm just not gonna eat for seven days. That's not a very appealing thing. Long-term, it probably wouldn't even be a healthy thing if you repeated it you know, over and over and over consistently, even though people have fasted for 50 and 60 something days at a time out there. But I want to bring awareness to intermittent fasting, because if we can build this in, if we can make it a habit, if it's not just a perceived diet or it's, oh, I did that for a little while, but I haven't done it in a long time, then it's going to be a lifestyle. You're going to build it in. And so I think there's a lot of people who wonder, you know, is fasting dangerous? And I'm just here to say today, after coming off a seven-day fast, feeling the way that I felt, which is absolutely freaking unbelievable. But when done properly, fasting is one of the best ways to maintain good health. It's going to give you guys more energy. Of course, it's going to reduce body fat. It's going to help. The big thing with me was brain function. Once I got to about 80 hours, and I'd done a five-day fast before about 10 years ago, but once I got to about 80 hours, I woke up Emilio with, it's its hard to even describe. I feel like I'm doing it such injustice. My vision was crystal clear. My mental clarity was crystal clear. My energy was off the charts Something about that 80 hour march. I reported that to the Facebook group of 160 something members that we have. I'd reported that into the group because I was a little, a couple of days ahead of them. I started it before them just to kind of be able to report in what I was feeling. I said, wait till you guys get to about 80 hours. And sure enough, like one by one, as they started getting to 80 hours, not not 100% people experienced it because bodies are different, but it just seemed like one by one, people who were doing it were like, man, I woke up this morning. My energy's off, you know, off the charts. My, Clarity is awesome, you know, whatever. So I don't know what it is. Something about that, maybe 80 to 90 hour mark, you got to get past that. I think a lot of people stop fasting after like one day or two days. That's when you feel the worst. You've got to move on past that. But we've been told, Mm. and I know you have some data behind this as well, Emilio, but we've been told that breakfast all of our lives is the most important meal of the day. And in a sense, it is. It's the most important meal to focus on because if you don't do it the right way, you could sabotage the rest of your day. I know my good friend, Ryan Muncie of Natural Stacks was one of the first people to bring that to my attention when it comes to fasting was skipping breakfast. Breakfast is important, but not for the reasons you think. It's important to be mindful about and to stick with. A lot of people also think if I go without food, my body's gonna start eating itself. And that will happen over a very prolonged period of time. You'll start losing muscle and things like that but you can do moderate workouts. You can do those sort of things even on a longer seven to 10 day fast. So let's kind of dive into this whole idea breakfast, not being the most important meal of the day. There's no evidence, none whatsoever. And you guys can mark me on this. There's no evidence to suggest that fasting does any of the following things that I was just saying. It, it won't, make your, won't make your body hold onto fat. It doesn't cause your body to shut down. If you eat frequently, it won't speed up your metabolism. Most people do that the wrong way anyway And a lot of people, like I said, they think your body's going to start eating itself, eating the muscle from the inside. So what we want to do is we want to understand, really, in my opinion, we want to understand intermittent fasting. Emilio, you know this. I think we've talked about this before. Humans have fasted for hundreds, thousands of years, Mm -hmm. and your body really is designed for calorie restriction. But here in the West, especially, but all over the world, in many parts nowadays, we actually go for calorie consumption. It's like, I, I want to consume as much. If I'm not having food, oh, I'm starving. You're not really starving. You're actually helping your body refine itself. Again, in today's Mm -hmm. society, we think the regular eating, eating every four hours is how to keep our metabolism burning, how to get more energy. You'll see some small spurts of that, but it's not the good thing. It's not the right thing to do for overall prolonged health. Tell me just what interactions you have. I know you do some periods of fasting here or there, but before I really dive into the benefits of intermittent fasting, tell me about what you've experienced in the the short times that you've done it yourself.
1: Well, (sighs) A lot, a, a lot. And I guess those do cover the benefits. I, I hardly eat breakfast, by the way. Um, if I do, you know, it's, it's a good hearty meal with a lot of good, you know, healthy fats and some moderate protein and low carbs, but I hardly eat breakfast. I, I, I majority of the time in doing some intermittent fasting where I don't eat until around one o'clock. Um, and for me, and I think always is like you said, we have different genetic profiles and our epigenetics and genes are different. So do what feels right for you. But yeah, there are a lot of benefits, and some of the things that I receive is is absolutely in the cognitive enhancement. So, really, when you're fasting, whether it's on an absolute fast like uh, seven days, like you said, or intermittent fasting, I think one of the main things that that happens with me, well, what's really going on in your body is that you know you you know this shared is that your body finally has time to remove cellular waste, and it's not having to digest things, so it can finally say, okay, guys, we have a break. Um, let's see what needs to be repaired and rejuvenated in your body. And so for me, that's, you know, better sleep, better energy, um, decreased pain. You talked about the mental clarity, stable mood. I just feel great when I'm not eating in the morning. It just, I feel lighter and, and focused. And so so for me, that's been my experience.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you my you mentioned sleep. Sleep was just amazing for me because I would wake up. There was probably three or four days in a row there during that seven days, once I got into the rhythm of this thing, mm-hmm. where I would wake up before my alarm. Every day. And I never do that. I I I typically don't do that. I'm in such a, I don't know if it's deep sleep or lack of sleep, or, you know, I've really tried to study my sleep over the years, but for whatever reason, I just always need that alarm to wake up. But I would wake up starting probably about day three. I started waking up before my alarm in a deep state of rest, or or however you want to phrase that, whenever I would wake up and I would go, man, this is obviously the byproduct of the fast and clear mind, as we mentioned, those sort of things, energy being off the chains. And that makes sense to me. You know, it makes sense that if we, are, if we start looking at our ancestors, hunters, gatherers back during that timeframe, it makes sense not for our body to be created by our, our good creator to be created to say, okay, when you are in need of food, when you are in need of sustenance, your body's going to be created to where you just shut down and you can't go find it. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? If we're going to be designed to thrive, then it makes sense that our genes, our epigenetics would say, we've got a loss of food. We need mm-hmm. to kick up that energy to where you can go out and hunt. You can go find something. Now food is just so readily available, though, Mm -hmm. that we don't exercise that inner given strength the way we were designed to where we're actually doing that. And even if it's not bad food, if it's just constant eating, you're still not letting your body stretch. You're still not letting your Mm -hmm. body become sharpened, your cells become more resilient, your mitochondria, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. You've just always got it right there, so it never has to really stretch itself.
1: I love that you mentioned the mitochondria. I love that you mentioned uh, resilient. Yet, absolutely builds resilience. And like you said, because if if our body, and, and you know, it's like you said, you look at thousands of years ago when we had to go look for food. Um, it's improving those mental faculties, increasing your willpower and motivation to say, "Hey, we gotta, you know, go and find some food for us." And we we need that mind body kind of boost to go and get that done. And it's just it's so awesome that while that's happening. Your body's repairing and rejuvenating, right? You get stable blood sugars, you decreased digestive issues, you got decreased immune overactivation. There's a lot of things, which is awesome, that while you're doing what's really natural, what's going on in the body is actually really good. And there's a lot of science and research and studies that have proven all this stuff that we're talking about, as you probably know.
0: Right. And I would encourage you guys, don't take our word for it. Do your own research on intermittent fasting. I will say, just kind of as a disclaimer here, as we do all the time, we're not doctors. We're just two guys that love peak performance. Mm -hmm. And learning about all of this has just been a life changer for me. And I know many of you out there have reported in the same but some of you out there may take blood thinners, you may be diabetic, you may be on some sort of a, um, a a medical condition or taking prescription medications to where going without food, the way your body handles it, is not a good thing. So we're not saying this is for everybody, but if you don't fall in that camp, if you say, Look, I'm a healthy individual, I, I take some medications here or there, but nothing, none of that has to do with my blood sugar or, you know, anything hypoglycemic, any you know, anything like that, I just I want to operate at peak performance. I've never done fasts. I'd say go for it, man. And and don't just do a one or two day fast because you know what you're going to come back and say? Hey, I tried that. And I felt awful the whole time and I had to go eat until you get past that hump. And I, I can't describe this to you guys until you go do it on your own. So you get past that hump and you see how your body responds to this. It will blow you away. I've got so many stories of people during this fast, during other fasts who have reported that same thing into me. So Let me kind of take a step back here for the listeners, though, and tell you where I come from on this. I have heard and have read about intermittent fasting for a long time, and the older that I get, the more I realize that that voice inside of us when we read something over and over, it just keeps showing back up. That voice inside Mm. of us that goes, you know, for me it was, hey, I wake up every morning I want to gnaw my arm off. I I actually get nauseated. I get so hungry that I want to eat something immediately. So every time I would read about intermittent fasting, I'd go, ah, man kind of interesting, you know, pretty compelling. I don't think I could do that. Even though I did a five-day fast, you know, years and years ago, I just felt like I'd built my lifestyle around a point where I needed food immediately whenever I got up. And so the more I read about it, the more I was convinced that that weak, in weak in a good way, I'm saying not a a negative way, but like that weak voice that needs to be sharpened within me needs to be sharpened. And somebody like me that has those feelings, what what better person to dive headfirst into this? And so if you feel that same way, if you're like, man, there's no way I could do that because I wake up so hungry every day. Just know if I can do it, you guys can do it as well. And it's amazing how once I decided to dive into it and started, I just started the seven day fast, even a couple of days early. What I did was I was like, I'm going to eat one meal a day just to prepare my body for this thing. And after I did that, like for two days, I was like, man, I hate this waiting in between. I'm just going to start now. And so I started it a couple of days earlier than the group. But for some of you that might be like, hey, I haven't done a ton of research on intermittent fasting. I hear you guys saying that it's good. It stretches the body. What does it really do? I would just say, and there's more than this, right? This this is a condensed version. But I would say for most people tuning in on this podcast that want to hear about this, number one, as evident as it sounds, it helps with calorie restriction. And research after research after research that's done out there says that calorie restriction is proven, proven to help you live a longer life mm-hmm. in the biohacking community, the longevity community, it's all of those people are tapped in and, and tuned into fasting. Also, Fortune 500 and 100 CEOs, people that have teams of medical practitioners around them that really understand how a lot of this works. A lot of them are coming out now saying, man, I've been fasting for several years. I just don't, you know, I don't talk about it a whole lot. But my team around me that keeps me operating as a CEO of this company, they've had me fasting for a long time and I'll never not do it now because of the benefits that I've seen. But what it does, guys, intermittent fasting really shortens that time that you can spend eating. So what I typically have heard from most people out there in the biohacking community, again, figure out what works for you. But for most people, they'll wake up, they won't do breakfast, probably hadn't eaten since about eight o'clock the night before, seven or eight o'clock, you shut it off, you sleep during the night, wake up the next morning, grab some bulletproof coffee that won't break your fast, but then move on about your day and you're going to start working through the morning. Most of the time, once you get in the rhythm, you won't even realize you're hungry when it comes lunchtime, but if you can wait until about 1 or 2 p.m. before you break that fast, and when you do, you kind of hit the nail on the head a second ago. When you do, you want to have high-quality fat, super low carbohydrates. It's going to help both the brain and the body recover some of that energy. You might start feeling like you're lacking a little bit. Carry that all the way through, and the Bulletproof Diet Roadmap is a really good downloadable PDF that you guys can go find at bulletproofexec.com, but go until about 7 or 8 p.m. again with good, high-fat, high-quality, low-carbohydrate-type foods. Drink tons of water because your system will be detoxing even a little bit after, you know, just a few hours, and then do the same thing. And there's people that do that three or four times a week, and then they'll have, like, a couple of days where they eat the entire time. There's people that have built that into their lifestyle where they just do that every single day. And uh, that calorie restriction is going to help with longevity. So do, do your research about that. The biggest thing for me, too, is it reduces inflammation, That's, for those of you out there who are maybe new to this world, that inflammation, that's, Emilio, I don't know if you have a different definition here, but I would say that's your body's attempt to protect itself from harmful things, um, damaged cells, irritants, free radicals, all the things that are swimming around in our body. And one study found that alternate day intermittent fasting, like doing it one-on-one-off can reduce the markers of inflammation in anybody out there, but primarily overweight adults, some of the most inflamed people out there, just by doing it every other day and building that into your lifestyle, their metabolic function, their markers for longevity, their markers for reduced inflammation all became incredibly uh, increased or decreased, however you're looking at that, based on the study, to where it's showing that the cells are helping to repair themselves it even helps your brain create new neurons and protect against uh, early onset aging and brain damage, dementia, Alzheimer's, those sort of things. It regenerates your immune system. And again, this is a very condensed list. If you really go do a deep dive, you guys are going to be blown away at how, mu- how many other things fasting really helps with. But find the program that's right for you. Like I said, maybe yours is, uh, and, and I can't stress this enough, guys, taking a step back here. It's not a diet. It's not like, I mean, yes, I did the seven-day fast, but I knew that once I came off of that, that was just a hard reset for my body eating no food, drinking only water and black coffee for seven days. I wanted that hard reset, and now I'm doing intermittent fasting pretty much every day. There's a day or two I may skip in there during the week if I'm traveling you or whatever. It's a little bit harder, but it's just been amazing. I feel better. I have more energy. I'm getting better sleep at night. And again, coming from someone that thought they could never do this, I just really want to encourage you guys with that if you feel like you might struggle a little bit, just dive headfirst, dive straight in. That's the best way. It's like uh, It's like getting in the pool when it's cold, right? You see that my wife does that. She's like, just inches in all the time. And I'm like, you just got to jump in like the kids and I just did. And she just keeps inching in. I'm like, rip the bandaid off, just get in. And she never will. She never will. But you got to do that with fasting. I think it's not something that you can just kind of toy around with a little bit and then decide if you want to do it because you're not going to feel, you're not going to feel great doing it that way. You're not going to feel great inching into a cold pool, dive in, get past the initial shock, and you'll be so thankful that you did.
1: Yeah. I mean, you said some great things and it's all true. I'm a big believer in all that. Definitely do all that. You know, I want to say three things about what you just said there. One about diving in and doing it. I think that's so important because doing that allows you to, it translates into your life. You think about just jumping into a cold shower or to an ice bath or jumping into this intermittent fasting or just jumping into something. That's the way life works, right? You're, you're doing something, then life happens whether good or bad. Boom, here you go. And you have to adjust. You have to adapt and when i think about doing certain things like this where you just jump in and do it, jump into the cold water, jump into whatever you're doing, that almost on a mind body spirit level programs it deep within you so that when life happens, you adapt, you jump right in, you you can pivot a lot quicker. So there's a translation that actually happens that i've seen and that there's some research on this as well. You know, you know we've talked about cold therapy before. It's like the you know i've done that for years, but even that alone you know, when I used to do consulting for oil and gas companies, when I was doing the cold therapy then, even that small thing every single day allowed me to where, Milly, we need you in this meeting. The CEOs don't know what to do about this particular issue. Oh, wow. That's like something I have to jump into right away. And as weird as that may sound, that little something of jumping into the cold shower every single day consistently, just jumping in, ripping the band-aid off, allowed me that, to, to, you know, to translate into my life when life hit. You know, the second thing I wanted to talk about was... um the fact that our bodies are doing all these benefits that you talked about, we have a miraculous, miraculous body that can heal itself if you allow it to. And the more you're in tune with your body, the more that that can actually take place. So I wanted to just bring that up as as well as, you know, when we think about if you think this is stressful, then as Jocko would put it, good, because it's a good thing. Stress is good. I almost wanted to create a program that just says stress yourself. Because if you think about it, working out, that's a stressful activity. Um, neurofeedback. I do neurofeedback. That's advanced brain training. That's, that's, that's stressing your mind. You know, fasting, that could be, you know, in your mind, stressful. But it's like that phrase, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. The more we have been stressed in our lives, the more that we have come back bigger, faster, stronger, more wise. If, if you're in a safe spot, there's no growth. Right. I I I actually read a quote this morning on my five minute daily journal and it said, I forgot who it was from and I might be chopping it up, but it was uh, not taking a risk is the biggest risk of all, you know, like it's just this whole stress stuff. And, you know, I don't know if, if if you've done this while you're fasting Jared, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, I I tend to be an extremist in terms of like, you know, if I'm going to do this, let's go hardcore. (laughs) And and so I, I, there's like some tools that I utilize sometimes for deeper healing and purging to take place, whether it's in an intermittent fasting or or for like the seven day fast. So I'll just kind of mention what I do uh, during long fasts. Like I, I I do this Living Proof fast by Dr. sasha Patel, and it's it's like with with you know green tea. I think it's it's green tea, lemons, maple syrup, and uh, I think there's a fourth component, but it's not coming up to me. But while while doing that uh, during those seven days, some of the things I do is ice cold showers. I do the rebounder, a.k.a. mini trampoline. I do the infrared sauna as much as I can. Uh, I'll do a biomat. One of my friends has like a far infrared crystal mat that I utilize. If I can do a deep tissue massage, I do that.
0: And, and Emilio, not to interrupt here, but if someone's hearing this going, man, we're like, they were just talking about fasting. Now he's talking about all these different healing and, and tell us, obviously that came to your mind. Why does that fit in your life? Why does all of those things fit? How does that fit into the fasting?
1: Well, when I think about fasting, your body's healing itself. A lot of the benefits that you provided is, in another word, your body healing itself. It's repairing and rejuvenating itself from a lot of the inflammation that has taken place, a lot of the damage from constant eating and possibly eating bad things, whatever. Your body's cleaning itself out. It's, it's, it's removing cellular waste. So it, your body's healing itself. And so when I think about, because I'm extreme, I'm like, okay, well, what can I do that's even deeper, to, You know, uh, pushing myself, leaning into my edge when I'm doing this fast? And those are some of the things that I do to further that experience.
0: Yeah, man, that's great. And I do, you know, just through my journey of biohacking, I do cold showers now. Uh, I've started doing rebounding lately. Talk about, you know, a guy that's got three tiny kids at home when you bring a little trampoline in there. I mean, they think it's a circus, right? But uh, but rebounding, (laughs) Uh, just in the past week or so, I've got a high altitude training mask that I bought that I'll I'll use when I'm running or rebounding, you know, doing some of those things, taping with my mouth shut at night. You know, all of those things Mm. sound like you're doing, 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 but a lot of that is still healing and therapy for your body. The bed of nails or the bulletproof uh, sleep inversion Bad at night. I mean, I could just go on and on of all the things. Mm, and I actually had a guy yeah. this week, you know, some, some people may hear all that and go, wow, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of stressed out. My adrenals are shot. My cortisol's through the roof. I need some healing. But holy cow, these guys are talking about all this stuff they do. I need less in my life. And, and what I would tell you on that is that's a very common reaction. I had a person just yesterday, no doubt, in my office that came up and said, "Hey man, what is this? I hear about you sleeping with your your mouth tape shut at night." So he just starts listening to all this stuff that he's heard on my podcast and he's like, "I can't keep up, man." And he was saying it he was saying it in a joking way because I know he does some of these things himself. <laughs> but I think what he meant was, "Hey, you're kind of on the cutting edge of all this new stuff that I'm hearing about. Thanks for bringing it to my attention, but it's like I can't keep up because every time I hear about a new thing." That guys, that's a very common reaction I've had people write in constantly all over the world about the podcast of, "How are you doing this? Are you doing this all at the same time?" Guys, it's a journey. We want to really Emphasize that. I want to really emphasize that. This is a journey. I didn't wake up sleeping on a sleep inversion mat and taking cold showers and putting a human charger in my ear and taping my. I mean, I didn't do all that, right? In fact, most of it, if you look at a bell curve, most of it mm-hmm. is it's kind of right in that middle point of this journey I've been on where I started becoming a lot more aware. And then I started uh, really refining it down from there. So it's like, yeah, I'm trying new things. I'm starting to do new things, fasting. You know, I've never had a built in ritual of intermittent fasting every day like I do now. Some of you out there may get some criticism if you're really into biohacking, just like I'm I'm sure you do, Emilio. I don't want to speak for you, but you get the naysayers out there. They're saying like, oh, you're still going to die anyway. What's the use of all this? It's like, well, I want to feel awesome the entire time and I don't want to make my family (laughs) miserable the whole time I'm around by being a negative, you know, grumpy all the time. I want to get great sleep. I want to do all that. But if you guys have naysayers in your life that are like, man, you're always into something new, whatever, say, yeah, I am because I want to feel awesome. And you've got to test. You've got to test all of this. And I always say, we are in the lab of life. We've got the goggles on, the white coat, and we are testing constantly. At some point, you should get to a point where you figured out for different metrics of your life what works, and you actually start scaling back down. Because let's face it, man, the world of biohacking, is fun. There's a lot of cool toys out there, and you could you could just play with this stuff all your life, right? But at some point, if you're really doing it for health, you should start scaling that back. So fasting is one of those things, all the things that you mentioned. And I'll just say one more thing as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here. To me, it's really one of the only things, you know, you said you got to dive in. I said you got to dive in. I mean, there's this theme around it of if you're going to do it, let's face it head on and let's do it. But it's really, to me, one of the few things out there that you got to do it on your own. Like you are in control. Um, Not to get political here or anything, but I watched this special one time on George Bush, George W. Bush, uh, younger Bush. And he said, you know, you grow up and he's like, my dad was president and I've seen presidents and I've always been in the president, you know, presidential political spotlight, whatever. But he said, there's something about being in a room, strong military leaders, very smart people, whatever. And you get to that point where everyone in the, the room turns and looks at you and says, what's the decision, Mr. President? What are we going to do? And it was just so interesting the way that he captures that moment. Apparently he was speaking of that one time whenever that, that first happened. I think it's the same thing. Uh, on, a, on a more minor level with fasting, right? Like you can have workout partners, you can have you know people that encourage you along or whatever. This is something you've got to do. So I would say be a, be you know not to be cliche here, but be the president in your own life. When people are looking to you saying, "I need you to lead me," whether it's your family, mm. whether it's your business, whether it's yourself, just that inner voice saying, "I need you to lead me here." Are we gonna get off our butt and do something today? I think you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, "What are we gonna do, Mr. President or Mrs. President or you know whoever's listening in out there? What are we gonna do?" because it's up to you, you gotta make this happen. Fasting is just one of those things, man, that it takes so much grit, probably because you're doing it the wrong way and you don't get past the hump, but um, it just takes a lot of grit, a lot of mental grit. When I was going through mine, I said that the mental, uh, I'm sorry, that the physical pain every day, like past day two, physical pain was like one or zero, like I wasn't hungry at all. The mental strength that I was having to put out was like a seven or eight, because you always wanna go back and eat something. Fasting is a huge thing, it's an awesome thing, and i would encourage you guys to dive in jump in do some more research about it if you're on the fence a little bit and i think that'll hopefully sway your opinion over into starting to do it but then building it in because it doesn't do any good either if you do it for a quarter and then five years later you go man that was a really interesting time in my life i felt good all the time but i haven't done it since i think you've got to stick to it and you've got to build it in and the faster you get into it the more awareness you bring more present you are i think the better you're going to do with that and it won't be such a mental game
1: so you know one thing that i wanted to just add and it was what you just said about sometimes you need to be the president of your life, you know, be the man or the woman um, to take charge and to lead. Uh, I really like that. It almost goes about that other quote. And I forget who says there's so many quotes out there, but it's it's that whole like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, it, that, that man or that woman is you. And so I love that you talked about, you know, be the president of, of your life. And so I love that. I'm going to take that away for this, for sure.
0: And you can apply that to so many things, but just the idea about the room turns and looks at you and says, what are we going to do? And maybe for the first time in your life, you realize the power and the empowerment that you have Mm -hmm. through that. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many people out there walking around sabotaging Their lives, their mindsets, not living up to peak performance, peak potential, maximum levels that they want to do on so many things. And the problem is not their environment. It's not the market around them. It's not anything other than the fact that they're not looking in the mirror, looking themselves dead in the eye and going, what are we going to do? Because we can let time keep passing and do nothing or we can we can get up today and go make it happen and it, and it real that's not that's not uh you know what they, a, a eternal optimism like that that is real you can make this mm-hmm.
1: today and I, th- just to, to conclude uh, I just wanted to say because uh, I know we're coming down on time here is I think we've kind of come full circle it's it's that being present again how we talked about in the beginning of the show right if you're up in your head you're fearful like oh it's not me I can't be the president blah, 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 whatever is gonna be going on your in your mind which is just your thoughts and your thoughts alone. It's not reality. Kind of coming full circuit when we were talking about presence, I can't be president. Yes, you can go out there and do it.
0: That's great. That's so awesome. Well guys, we're gonna keep continuing to bring great content your way. We've got a lot on the schedule coming up on the regular Success 101 podcast. Great, great guests that I've got who have already made some recordings, some to come on and make some recordings and some that I've got in the queue right now. So keep commenting in guys, keep sharing this episode with anyone out there that you feel could benefit from higher levels of peak performance. I'm your host, Jared Warren. He is Emilio Polifox. If you want to reach us in the world of email, please email Emilio at Emilio at CrossPhoenixCoaching.com or you can shoot an email over to my team at info at Success101Podcast.com. And I know you and I are pretty heavy in the world of both Facebook and Instagram out there just trying to share knowledge with people and uh, it's been a lot of fun on this journey. So we'll catch you guys on the next awesome episode. Take care. I don't want to go.